0: Thank you, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to present all of this work. Um, I should say that you know I have Anissa here on the tweet because she's my partner in crime. So I get the work and she does the work for me. So, 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 so um, I'd like you to join me as well if you don't mind. So, um, so, so. Uh, I sh- what I'm going to try to do uh, today is just to give you a bit of an overview of the work that we are doing. And then we had lots of other people who actually supported us with this work, or probably it is their work that we are bringing together and presenting here. Um, so um, that would be probably the focus of my bit of uh, talk, really, to introduce everybody's talk and introduce everybody. Um, if you're looking at tweeting, if you could tweet, um, uh, use that hashtag. We're trying to collate all the work around this, around that hashtag. And those are our Twitter uh, addresses. Um, okay, so um, so so uh, a bit of story of how it all started. So it was, um, I, um, I have one of my colleagues, Chloe here, who was actually presenting at the ESA conference about three or four years back. And um, at that time, she kind of talked about the idea of uh, feeling the discomfort as a migrant academic. And Anisa and I happened to attend her talk, and that was the first time we heard her story, even though we were in the same institution in Liverpool, Hope. But we had to go to Porto to hear that story. Mm-hmm. So so that's where the origins of this uh, work actually happened, really, where we actually thought about things that I and Anisa were thinking were probably because we just moved different places and we uh, I have moved quite a lot because my dad was in the army and then um, my hu- with my husband I travelled to different places. So I wasn't thinking about me being the migrant, I thought it was a new place and therefore the discomfort. It was really when Chloe actually was talking about her experiences that it kind of struck chord with some of the things that I was thinking about and I realised that I was looking at it at a different frame and that was where the idea of the migrant academic came now i should kind of specify here at this point very uh, very early on that when we talk about migrant academics we are not talking about people who would go short term to other places when we say short term as you know for a few months um, and with the intention of coming back we are looking at those people who here who would actually move to another country uh, for professional reasons uh, largely with the intention of staying. Um, They might move back or they might move to another place, but they they go there with the intention of actually staying. And those are the people that we are looking at in our study, uh, the migrant academics, those who are there for long term, who intend to be there. And what kind of uh, changes happen in their lives. We are particularly interested in uh, changes around, uh, the negotiations around teaching. Uh, And that's uh, one, because it was our interest, but we also actually found that While there was a lot of uh, discussion around, uh, you know, what happens to people, the migrant academics, when they move in new environment, what are the cultural changes they experience? what, What are the kind of research collaborations that happen? Very few people were actually talking about, or at least at that time when we were looking at this, very few people were talking about what happens to them in teaching situations, and that was really important for us because some of that we had experienced ourselves. I remember having conversations with Chloe uh, uh, on certain occasions. We were experiencing some of the things ourselves, and those were the things that we wanted to go away and find out whether others were experiencing as well. So, so the idea of uh, the uh, the focus here has largely been uh, in our work on the the teaching experiences of migrant academics. So, uh, so, so so, to kind of just uh, really start with, so I should highlight that, you know, much of this research is research on ourselves or about ourselves. Um, and what we are trying to do through all of this research is kind of trying to develop some sort of a cultural capability um, uh, among uh, within ourselves and amongst others as to um, how do we work in these diverse environments and make the best use of it. Um, so that's really the sense of our work. Um, so, so, just to give you an overview of the kind of things that we have been doing over the last uh, three, three and a half, four years. Uh, so, so, we kind of started in 2014 with this idea of the book. Uh, this is when we uh, uh, we kind of heard Chloe and we, we had some initial discussions about um, we might be feeling certain ways because we come from India. It'd be useful to, uh, for I come from India and uh, Chloe feels a certain way because she comes from Taiwan. It'd be useful to know how people coming from different parts of the world, moving into different parts of the world would actually uh, feel. And you know, we thought what might be the best way of asking them to share their story? Often when you do research, it looks like a very self-centred exercise where you're kind of doing the research for yourself, you get the data, you publish the paper, and what you get is for yourself as a a research team. We wanted to make it uh, something which is worthwhile for the people who actually were engaging in this work with us, and that's where the idea of the book actually came. We wanted people to share their stories as chapters in this book. So the first bit that you see there, that was the starting of this uh, uh, this work, which were nine narratives from uh, migrant academics who have moved, uh, you know, in, into UK or from UK to different places. We have a chapter from somebody from uh, America who moved into England. So so these are those nine stories which we pulled together in this book, which was the beginning of this book, uh, this work. Now, alongside that, Anissa and I were particularly interested in, uh, Fine. We are as we were looking through these drafts, these chapters. We were realizing there are issues that people are actually experiencing, and yes, it's good enough to bring that issue to uh, to the fore. But there is something we need to do about this in terms of how we can help them, and that's where the idea of the uh, the cedar project actually came. Because we were looking for organisations who are particularly interested in academic development, and we felt this was a this was a big area which needed some attention in terms of academic development. So, so that's where the idea of the Cedar Project actually came. We were looking at developing some sort of general understanding within uh, the uh, the academia as to there are experiences which are um, which uh, people have because of uh, moving into new environments or coming into new environments. Um, and they are important for uh, in in the context of teaching particularly for for their own experience and also for particularly the students learning experience so and they aren't a homogeneous group they are just not just one group of migrant academics they are very diverse with very diverse experiences and it's important that we actually acknowledge that and then do something about it so so that do something about it is what anisa is going to talk to you later uh, as to what we hope to do with all of that uh, information that we have, and what we are, how we are progressing on that CEDA um, grant. So that was uh, that was the CEDAR grant. But then, as we were actually doing that, we, we realized that there was one important group that we had kind of missed in these conversations so far, which was those uh, doctoral students who um, who actually also teach, um, and uh, and they also have certain experiences which, and they 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 kind of get even more ignored than the rest of the group uh, and so so that was kind of the the uh, the you know the beginnings of the old he project where we were looking at uh, doctoral st- uh, students, in particular, and their uh, challenges around teaching, um, and we we kind of did a, a a small, very small scale comparative study where we're looking at doctoral students and the experience, uh, the challenges they face in teaching in general, and how these might be different for those coming from different uh, you know countries, and that uh, that is the old HE project that we are currently writing, um, and then finally the SRHE project. So. So, so, all this while we were kind of thinking about ourselves and we were kind of quite engrossed in migrant academics and their issues. Um, but it did happen that when I was uh, I was thinking, you know, very early on, you know, my particular accent and how my students cha- are challenged by that. I'm sure that my colleagues actually also face certain challenges having to work with me because of my particular work ethic. Which can be sometimes really uncomfortable for others. So that's where you know we thought about you know the native academics, the the and by native and we're not quite married to these words, and we should make that very clear because it can have different connotations. By native, simply we mean people who are here, who have been brought up here, who who are probably. Um, more british than me uh, who 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 uh, who who actually are part of this environment that we have come into and what is the discomfort they experience because of us moving into that their uh, their uh, environment and uh, and how do they then uh, make changes in uh, within their environment to actually accommodate us or to actually um, thrive with us so so that that is the study that we are currently doing now each of these studies has many different people and oh, who we have in the room today, you know, the, uh, our co-presenters are people probably working in mm. one of these projects. So, for example, this particular project, the SRIT project that we are currently working on, um, we have Ian who will be talking to, um, you know, about the native academics uh, and their perspective. Uh, we have, um, along with us, uh, the person who's do- doing much of the legwork around uh, the literature Review, Will, who will be uh, in the panel, and then Anissa and I. But those other projects also have had other people who really co- uh, contributed in those projects. The common strand in all of this has been Anisa and me, who uh, who then brought all of this work together. So that's a bit of overview of the work. Today we hope to talk to you about the more around the book and the narratives. Um, we'll be t- um, and we'll touch uh, we'll touch on the SRHE project, and we'll draw a little bit on the Seed and the Old HE project in the panel discussion commenting for time so so really the idea here was to kind of uh, we were hoping that we grow as teachers by kind of having these conversations and opening up those conversations sharing those neg- uh, narratives and that's really the inspiration behind all of this um, okay so I'm kind of going to give you a quick snapshot of things that are going to happen and then I'll leave uh, uh, leave it to my colleagues to actually talk about it a little more so so what I have on the next few slides are just small abstracts of those chapters in those books which highlight some of the issues that people have been talking about. And what we have in these chapters is also what we have found in the, the data that we have collected as part of the CEDA uh, you know, survey uh, and interviews. So so we would start, um, you know, this, this little abstract is uh, from the chapter which Eric has written, who's going to be talking to you more about uh, this. And he moved from uh, England to West Indies, and he talks about his experiences. Um, and when I was uh, k- kind of uh, doing the editing job and I was looking at his experiences and I, uh, you know, he talks about, for example, um, finding somebody else doing the photocopying, you know, uh, s- something awkward. And I remember when I walked in the first time and I was asked to photocopy my own stuff and I felt I felt this was not my job. So it was very interesting just that uh, 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 editing that book that kind of highlighted some of the um the dissonance between you know, the things that I thought and things that other people were experiencing. Then we have uh, Henry who will be talking to you about his experience of moving from Cameron to Scotland and then England. And he talks about how he felt about his degrees uh, and how they were kind of devalued when he moved into the country and he had to do certain things again, all over again. Something that I experienced as well. Um, Fortunately, I didn't have to do my degrees again. I just fought and fought and fought. uh, uh, And I just uh, came straight into working, which was uh, another experience, I should say, when you've not done your degrees and you go straight into work. So so Henry is going to talk a little more about his uh, experiences around uh, this movement from Cameron to, um, to from Scotland to England. Um, we don't have um, with us uh, today um, um, Jennifer now um, who could make it to this uh, particular s- session, but Jennifer actually uh, has moved from America to England. And she talks about her unique experiences uh, and how she negotiated with uh, those. And she was particularly, uh, she was from a liberal arts university in uh, in um, in um, in, um, in um, um, US. And how she found when she moved into a post ninety two university, some of those practices quite unique. And she found it really difficult because she found uh, she had studied in Oxford before moving into uh, this post ninety two university. And she found challenges moving between different institutions. Um, as well, uh, um, then uh, we had um, uh, Tanya, who was, a, who was supposed to be doing a presentation but couldn't make it, and she was going to come from Australia, and she had moved from England to Australia, and she talks about her experiences of being in a small, uh, you know, uh, university in Australia. And what were the challenges she faced and she talks particularly about the experience of being employed because she had certain skills. But the moment she actually walks into the university, those skills are devalued and she gets a whole lot of uh, teaching and research to do, which wasn't what she was originally appointed for or what she was valued for and how that had an impact on her confidence and how she uh, how it was, uh, you know, how, how she, uh, she, she negotiated some of those things. Um, we do have uh, stories about some uh, good things that happened as well uh, because of this. Uh, um, Tushari who is in the panel today, she, she would be presenting but you are more than welcome to talk to her about her work. And she talks about how all of this movement actually led to some sort of a positive acculturation and the, things, the good things that happened to her as a result of it. And because of some of the experiences that she had in different universities. So, 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 that's really a quick overview of some of the things uh, which emerged in the book, and these were actually some of the themes which are also emerging in our CEDA study that, Elisa, you're going to talk about that at some point. Oh, these are things which are appearing in, the, uh, in our CEDA study as well, um, and we do have a short paper which has just come out last two weeks back in their professional magazines, should you want to go and look at it. It doesn't have too many of the fine things, but more of the recommendations. Um, so, so moving on swiftly from the other part that Ian is going to talk to you uh, to you about is really uh, the experiences of the native academic and how do uh, how do they talk about their interactions with the, the the migrant academics and what are the challenges they face and some of the things that they talk about uh, you know uh, in their um, you know interviews is some of the things that the migrant academics also say that they think are issues with them because of which they face the challenges. So it's useful to see that some bit of Dissonance between the understanding, um, uh, you know, uh, or consonance between the understanding of the migrant academics and the native academics uh, in terms of the challenges. Obviously, there are other things that emerge from this study, which Ian will highlight um, um, more later on uh, in, during this day. Um, so, so just quickly. So that's really, uh, so that's really the overview of the day. Uh, so I've given you a quick introduction of some of the work that we have been doing. So I'm going to hand over to shortly to Eric, uh, uh, Henry, and Marzia to do their bits. They're going to talk about their experiences as migrant academics, um, and then you have the bit of questioning uh, that you, uh, you could do on their their work. Um, then lunch, followed by Ian, who will be talking about the SRHE study. Um, And then we have uh, uh, Anissa, Tishari, Chloe and Will who will be talking about uh, generally, uh, you know, some of the key discussions which have emerged from uh, all of of our work so far. And and there's opportunity to do some bit of little work that Anissa has for everybody, uh, a MIDI workshop where she's hoping to get some of your contributions and uh, some of, uh, you know, if you could share your experiences as well. And finally, we're looking at how we can progress this work, and that's where we'll be asking for some of your help and probably some sort of collaboration to go forward. So, so that's really the plan for the day. Um, so, okay. So, um,
1: Anissa, do you want to just? Uh, just we wanted to raise some questions about about migrant academics itself, and one of the things we wanted to know is, are we making a big deal out of nothing? when it comes to migrant academics. So just some things for you to think about during the day. You know, all these things about migrant academics and what we keep talking about, are we just making a big issue out of it? Um, The other thing is that from our CEDA project, that's where this question comes from, we noticed that people who are from an English-speaking Western country, they are more likely to adapt to teaching in another Western English-speaking country. So one of the controversial questions is, should we only have migrant academics who come from certain parts of the world. Should we? I, I think the question also comes from the fact
0: that I don't know, uh, when you are actually as a migrant uh, applying for a job, there are categories of visa and that if you're a you know, if you were to apply for a job and if you were a European you would be look looked at look that differently for that job and you you I mean somebody like me would go in the fourth category, so to say, if you were looking for a visa while you were applying for the job. So that's probably the, where that question kind of Links to that as well.
1: Yeah. And, and finally, do migrant academics actually add any more value to a British system beyond what a British academic can give? So, some questions for you to think during the day. However, because I want this to be slightly more interactive, I would like you to say what you think about these questions. So, if briefly, if you have devices, mobile phones, etc., make sure you connect to online. I think we've got three or four minutes. Escape. And if you can go to menti.com and tell me which of these two questions you find the least controversial. <laughs> so go to menti.com, put in the code <laughs> 918253 and the first question is are we focusing too much on the migrant academics needs should we only hire migrant academics and do migrant academics add any real value to the British academia Now the least controversial questions. Interesting. Well, I'm a, I'm, sorry, I'm not, oh, sorry, still going. <laughs> okay, so I think considering that are we focusing too much on the migrant <laughs> academic needs the least controversial question might suggest maybe that's okay. The other two we may have to consider. And should we only hire academics from certain parts of the world? Suggest that's quite controversial, which I'm quite happy about because I'm from a different part of the world, and I wouldn't get a job if you're only possibly hiring from certain parts of the world. So, if I can leave that with you for the rest of the day, think about these questions when we come to the panel discussion at the end of the day. Probably, we'll revisit some of these questions. Great, thank you. Uh,
0: Just. uh... Okay, so just just a little, uh, you know, really a, a bit, bit of uh, where we we already we think we are going. Where obviously there'll be more plans that might emerge by the end of this uh, uh, end of today. Uh, we we are doing a present uh, presentation around native academics uh, at Liverpool Hope. Uh, in, um, you know, at the Centre of Education Policy Analysis. This is next week, uh, which is Ian, me, and Anisa. Uh, we be uh, the book that we have been talking about. Uh, we have some flyers there, and that's like a shameless plug. But that's coming out on the fourteenth of June, uh, and uh, we are look we are looking to put in an abstract on the native academic aspect of our study for the C- uh, SRHE conference. So we're hoping to present that work there. Um, And obviously we are looking for more opportunities to share this work and receive your feedback on particularly uh, some of the things that we're hoping to develop from this work or we're already working on. Um, And should you want to contact us with any of these things? I'm just flagging all of this now because I know at 4 o'clock when we'll try to do this, a lot of people would want to go. So so just just bear in mind that there are other things that are happening and we are looking to work with more people on this work. Okay. I'm going to stop there. And hand over to e- Eric, um, and he's going to talk to you about his experiences in West Indies.
1: Thank you, Namaste.